few weeks back a friend messaged me and said I, I've been noticing you know your Instagram is everything okay and I think she felt because I had all these motivational quotes there was some big moment going on in my life and I was like oh sorry no I'm not one to use kind of discreet messaging through social yes. media I said, <laughs> um, no power to live more with Joe Dodds welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Liz Lolly. Liz and Joe met through a company where they are both associate trainers helping to change the face of digital knowledge in the UK. After many years of switching between education and communications, Liz has found an ideal combination as a freelance communications and education consultant. She is fortunate to work with clients with a similar ethos to hers on a range of projects, often linked to dyslexia, a personal and professional passion of hers. As of September, she's also going to squeeze in a few hours of PE teaching each week. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Liz Lolly, communications and education consultant. Welcome, Liz. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Joe. It's great to be here after hearing lots of your other podcasts with amazing and interesting people. Yeah, it's great to get people who come on who've actually listened. It's not always the case. So you know what you've let yourself in for. And uh, I'm I'm coming live from my caravan in Scotland in the middle of nowhere. And I was saying to you, it's been a bit windy and it has rained, but it's gone all sunny again now. So I'm hoping that there won't be the, the sound of rain drumming on the roof. But uh, it, it is a tad windy, but uh, we'll uh-huh. see how we get on. <laughs> of the perfect work-life balance, I think. Yeah. This is my living more. (laughs) So So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Um, So I am a freelance communications and education consultant. I've got a background in teaching. um, And then thanks to the London 2012 Olympics, I got involved with communication and took qualifications in that as well. Um, And since then, I've kind of done a little bit of communication, a little bit of education, sometimes a a bit of both, sometimes one or the other. And finally, last October, decided um, it was time to go freelance and combine the two as much as possible. And I I kind of can't live without either of them, really. So I love the buzz of the communications work and I love the education side of things. So that's what I'm currently doing, working for a number of different clients. Lovely. And where do you do it? Um, I am based in Torquay in Devon, um, which uh, probably even 10 years ago when I first moved back down here, I couldn't have done what I'm doing now. But because so much more is done remotely, um, I work with people, in fact, all over the world. um, And it's not a problem because of the amazing world of technology now. Yeah, absolutely. And do you work from home? I do. Majority of the time, yeah, I work from home. And do you have an office? Are you a sofa surfer or are you a, a, t- a table, kitchen table person? <laughs> um, an office is a little bit um, bigging it up. It's the dining room, but I have an area of it um, and had made it a really little pretty corner. So, yeah, I do have an office, but um, it also doubles up as a dining room when needed for bigger occasions. <laughs> <laughs> when people actually have to eat <laughs> Christmas time I mean we have we have a table in our kitchen as well so most of the time we're in the kitchen but for things like Christmas and stuff we're in the dining room and it does often feel a little bit surreal at those moments where I look around and go oh I'm having Christmas dinner in my office <laughs> it's a little bit odd but it works 
<laughs> Lovely. So you've talked about the fact that your business life has sort of changed over the years and you've sort of amalgamated things. Tell us mm. tell us a bit more about sort of why you've done that, how that's come about, because, you know, we talk on this podcast quite a lot about how people sort of work their way through to to doing something that they really want to do that really suits their their sort of style and personality and and clearly you've just said already you know you're doing two things that people don't always do together but it works for you so tell us more about about that and why you do both of those things yeah sure um I seem to have a built-in need to improve things for people or feel like I'm improving things so with what I'm doing now, I just love being able to influence the agenda on things that I feel passionate about. So I particularly work on um, around dyslexia. Um, and my big passion there is to make sure that all dyslexics have the potential to reach their full potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my other big passions is um, ensuring everyone has a growth mindset. So the sort of work I do as a trainer with adults Um, I want everyone to believe that they can achieve and if they can't do something it's just that they can't do it yet it's not impossible Mm -hmm. Um, so I love the combination of working within education training communications and being able to feel like I'm really changing things and helping people Um, and the key for me is that I can choose who I work with um, and my clients are all ones who I feel have very similar values to me in terms of wanting to help people um, and being very genuinely there to help um, as opposed to just making money. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my biggest advantages of being um, freelance is that I feel like I've got that power to choose who I work with and for. Um, and that is amazing. Mm. And it's something I, I think that often we end up doing, you know, we end up working for ourselves and doing the thing that we want to do as we get older, because we sort of done the things we didn't want to do in the past. <laughs> yes, yes. And try to conform and try to go along with other people's um, viewpoints. And, and you get to a point where you think, actually, no, I know what I believe. I know what I want. I'll do it my way. Yeah. Um, working alongside others with similar values. Mm-hmm. so tell us about what your days look like because you're doing quite different things with sort of different people uh and as you say working uh, globally but from you know devon <laughs> what, what does that actually look like in in real life <laughs> um every day is completely different which is part of the appeal to me um i do like things to be varied I am very much a night owl and not a early morning person. So generally my days start a bit later. Um, I wake up early with the kids, they go off to school, I go back to sleep for a while and then my day will start nine, half past nine. Lovely. Um, you're like you're one of me, you know, you know, you're one of oh, my gang. <laughs> oh, yeah, it suits me so well. It's amazing. And my mind works really well in the evenings. So um, yeah, I'll get on to what I do in the evenings, which again works really well with working globally. Um, but yeah, during the day, um, a lot of my work um is via social media to share messages, um, promote events, get new contacts, etc. So constantly throughout the day I'm checking into social media notifications um one of the companies I work regularly with um has a touch typing program that particularly helps people with dyslexia now they're a global company and I make phone calls to schools that are interested in it and explain how to use it and support them so that happens at various times throughout the day depending on what country I'm phoning which is one of the things I often do late at night it works really well to phone Australia at 10 o'clock in the evening and so just as they're about to start their next day and I'm about to go to bed we have a conversation Mm -hmm. and those sort of phone calls happen throughout the day and emails um, on that I will then, other projects I'm working on, writing tasks and things, I'll set a couple of hours aside to say, right, now switch off more notifications, which I find incredibly difficult and have to be really strict with myself about and have a couple of hours focused on a specific project. 
I sometimes am going out to deliver training in schools. Um, I have a weekly webinar as one of my training roles. Um, so yeah, it, every day is completely different, but every day is very busy, which is just how I like it. Mm, yeah, sounds sounds like it is. So so how do you manage all those things? You you've talked about um, sort of carving out chunks of time. Do you have a particular um, tool or app or a particular way of, of managing all those quite um, varied responsibilities at also different times of the day, as you say? Yeah, um, I have to write everything down. Um, when I say write, very little now. I actually write. It's mostly typed. Um, otherwise, I can't relax because I think I'm going to forget something. So I rely heavily on technology um the use of flagging emails if i need to come back to them post-it notes on my computer as part of the computer not paper post-it notes um i tend to schedule different events different tasks for different days in advance now sometimes inevitably extra things crop up and some things have to move around so i do a lot of shifting things around in my diary but i always have it scheduled in in my electronic diary as to okay i'm going to be working on that then and then the things that can't be moved because they've got a deadline for a client stay there the things that i know can be moved move around if other things crop up but yeah definitely i i really rely on technology and keeping everything organized that way Mm-hmm. You sound uh, more like me than the majority of my guests who talk about using paper and pen a lot. And I always go, oh, no, it's all on the computer for me. <laughs> well, I've noticed that on the podcast I've listened to. And in some ways, I feel a little bit jealous of them because it sounds quite... Um, I don't know, it's quite romantic almost to be having these like paper journals and everything else. But it's just not me, maybe, because my writing is... <laughs> horrendously yeah. messy <laughs> yeah well the times I have to write now I think it's probably a, a, a vicious circle though isn't it that the times I have to actually write now are, uh, uh, I, I write so badly that uh, it gets worse and worse and so I don't do it and then I don't practice in fact thinking about it one of my uh, work friends a lady called Judith Morgan I mentioned her on the podcast before she actually set a project for herself l earlier this year where she was writing on a regular basis she bought you know nice pens and paper and everything because mm. she felt that her writing was getting so awful because she wasn't doing it very often so she actually sort of started writing I think she was copying out poems as a way of practicing her writing and she said it did improve quite you know quite um quite a lot as a result of it so I guess that's why ours gets wow. worse and worse because we're not doing that <laughs> yeah yeah well it's even things like the strength in your wrist isn't it I find if I've written for a while my hand my wrist is aching because I'm just not used to doing it and mm -hmm. um, one thing I do is when I do write I always have um the friction rub out pens because my writing's such a mess and I tend to scribble and rush I can always go back and rub it out um and rewrite it and I got into that when I was working as a teacher and marking lots of books and you almost go onto autopilot and then you suddenly realize you've put the wrong name on the wrong book or whatever it might be and um, yeah. i find them absolutely amazing so any writing i do do is done with my colorful friction pens that i can rub out and <laughs> rewrite as you say it must be a teacher thing because i didn't know that really that they existed until my friend introduced them uh, to me and she is also a teacher so <laughs> it must be a teacher uh, thing. <laughs> i think it is because i think all that marking where you do just however much you're trying to personalize everything and you are thinking about the individual child your brain goes when it gets to sort of 11 o'clock at night and you're on <laughs> your 25th book of the same thing um yeah, yeah i, I got into it initially through the world of dyslexia because it's a great tool for dyslexics um, and tried to encourage my son to use it. Um, he actually wasn't very bothered by these pens, although does use them again now. My daughter and I became obsessed with them. <laughs> so um, yeah, but they have lots of good uses. Yes, you see, we still do have stationary, um, whatever the words are, um, addictions, just not just yeah. not paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so, right, yeah. It's like I always read one of the newsletters I always read on my email is um, from, oh, I can't even remember the name of the company now. They're a pen company. 
Panorama, are they called? I think they might be called Panorama. Oh, no. I can't even remember the company's name. But I literally, you know, I, I quite often flick through all my emails and don't read a lot of them. I just sort of delete them yeah. and think, oh, you know, they, that didn't look very interesting. But I, I always read theirs, even if I'm not going to buy any pens, just because I just really <laughs> like reading what they write. <laughs> Do <laughs> you know what? If I'm not called Panorama, that that would be a good name for a pen company. So you know, if anyone wants to diversify, that might be a good option. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to have to look it up now, aren't I, to see if? Uh, oh, it is. It's called Panorama, the Cult Pens Newsletter. Um, so yeah, it is. It's about you know, it's about people like me who just don't even buy anything half the time. We just read about them. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant uh, funny. <laughs> so um okay so more on the the the, the tech and the, the sort of preferred tools front then what 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 would you recommend what do you use that uh, our listeners might be interested in yeah one of the tools that i've started using just in the last six months or so and now couldn't live without um is something called mindmeister um which is a mind mapping tool online um, and actually, I organised my thoughts for this podcast by using MindMeister. It, wow. I just find that whole, and it's something, again, that I recommended to students for years and years using mind maps to gather their thoughts, but never did it myself. And, mm. and that kind of, when you've got to write something and you have that blank moment of where do I start, and by just putting it into a mind map, um, and you have your sort of key title in the middle, and then you have stems coming off of it I my ideas flow so quickly it's amazing so I'm a big fan of MindMeister I also use that um, on my weekly webinars that I run to present to everybody on the webinar to show what the agenda is because there's also a tool where you can present it to others so mm. that's my number one fairly new tool or app that I rely on um, I think that's been recommended before, so that's a good one. <laughs> that, that's good. Now, I yeah, I know I was meant to choose a top three, and so my second one was going to be one of the social media platforms, but I decided I couldn't decide between them, so I'm going to be cheeky and throw them all in together. <laughs> um, <laughs> I rely heavily on social media for the communication side of it, and I use it on a personal and professional level, um, but, well hopefully I'm I'm being truthful in saying that I think most of my hours on social media is actually for professional use um, and the contacts that I make and the way I can communicate key messages across to people so yeah I couldn't live without social media now although some of my friends feel complete opposite about it and um, so we have quite interesting discussions around the pros and cons of social media yes yeah no, I, I, I'm a bit like that I having been a social media marketing consultant in the early days I then went I mean I was always quite a quiet one I wasn't that bothered about sharing what I had for breakfast <laughs> and such well, um, but uh, I, I then went really anti it and and I, I use it quite a lot for communicating with people now mm. um, and I share things that I read uh, but it's interesting that I, I I share I keep seeing my memories on Facebook and I think oh my god I did you know I did actually used to share stuff on there about what I was doing in my life <laughs> but I don't do that now. Twitch a lot, but actually, yeah, it genuinely is a lot more on a professional level now. My social media use, and I yeah. used to have all my social media channels as private because they were personal. I would talk about what I'd done that day. Don't think I hope I never went as far as to say this is my breakfast <laughs> never know. Um, whereas the only one that I now have privately is Facebook and all the others I've opened up to be public and Twitter I very much use for the education and dyslexia side of things Instagram I use for motivational quotes and then LinkedIn obviously I use professionally so yeah I've switched actually as to how I how I use it over time yes yeah yeah so that was tool number two and, and that, if I was on if I was on desert island discs I'd be saying oh I don't know if I can allow you to have all of them in one go but you know I'm nice I'll let you <laughs> I thought you would be I thought I could get away with it yeah so number three um and when I was thinking about this there was I use so many apps and tools there were all sorts I could put in but um the one that I've chosen is one that is so important to me to be able to switch off. Um, I'm a massive word 
games fan and I have the Scrabble Go app and I think it helps my mental well-being so much and stops me from purely using everything to work and to actually have a bit of downtime. Mm. I don't think that's been mentioned before either and I'm thinking little Dodsey might be interested in that she's a bit of a Scrabble fan. Oh yeah it is great and there's you can play the traditional Scrabble as well as very quick games, which suits my mind really well. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, absolutely. there are so many different uh, word games, and I've probably used most of them. And after so many months of being completely addicted to them, I tend to then move on to another one. <laughs> but currently, it's Scrabble Go. Yes, yeah. Mm, that sounds good. Thank you. So very different apps. And, um, yeah, good, good list, I would suggest. <laughs> Great. So what about working with other people? Do you have anyone that you uh, that you get to help in your business or, or even in your you know, personal life um, to make sure that you get everything done that you need to do? Or are you very much a one man, one man, one woman band? <laughs> um, yeah, I it's very much me um, for the whole con the overall concept. But then on different areas of the work I do, I have people I link with and regularly connect with, um, share ideas, move projects forward with the companies that I work for, work with as client, they're my clients. Um, as I say, I've chosen companies who I really believe in their values. Um, and one great example actually was yesterday one of the companies that um i work with closely had sent me some extra information about something and put a little message at the end saying i want to make sure you're happy because it's really important to us that you're happy and mm. i thought that i this is if i needed clarification that i'm doing the right thing by being freelance and choosing who i work with that was it um yes. so yeah kind of me on my own but in each different area of my work I have people who are really key um to me to kind of discuss things with um and move forward mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting isn't it to, to get to know that you've got those sort of working relationships that you wanted rather than than having them because you 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 sort of feel like you have to have them because it's, it's what brings the money in to get to that stage where you're able to make those choices and, and then know that they were the right choices is just so so it's such a good place to be I think as a as a um, you know a consultant or a coach definitely definitely and I think going back um, however many years I would have probably said oh no I don't need other people I don't need you know I'm better on my own it's fine um, whereas now I can see it's so crucial to have that support system. And I would always try and support other people, but I wouldn't necessarily want others to support me in my work. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, yes, come on, let's work together on this. Let's co collaborate. Let's support each other. Um, and yes. it's really beneficial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like me in outsourcing. I've, you know, known that it's something I should be doing for a long time. And and then eventually I did some outsourcing with one of my assistants and it was such a sort of um, relief to hand some stuff off that was weekly repetitive work that I didn't want to do. But it still took mm -hmm. me another you know, good while to, to get my other VA organised. And I still even now I've got loads of things I have on my list that I'd like her to do, but it involves me having to put a process together and a bit of training for her and that's what's holding us up and she, she's jumping yeah. at the bit the whole time saying you know can you do this can you do that can you tell me when I can do this and I'm like you know you're um you're moving far too quickly for me but it's you know that, I think that's why people don't always collaborate or 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 outsource or, or get other people involved because it is quite a hurdle to get going in the first place but once you've done it it's such a benefit yeah. And it feels like it takes up extra time. So you have yes. a quick chat with someone on the phone that never turns out being quick, but actually I'll come away. And I have one particular guy who works um, in a similar setup to me. And whenever we talk on the phone, we end up speaking for far longer than we planned to. And you kind of think, oh, no, I've wasted this time. I should have been doing this that, and the other. But I come off and think, do you know what? I've got so much from that and been so enthused and cleared up certain queries in my mind that actually it's that reminding yourself that you need to sometimes spend time 
to make yourself more efficient again. So yeah, yeah. so important. Mm, absolutely. So what about uh, looking after yourself then? You've got a busy life, um, although you are living in lovely Torquay, so I'm sure that helps. <laughs> but how do you keep yourself um, full of the energy that you need to, to get everything done? Yeah, um, exercise is a hugely important thing for me. Um, and actually, I took part in Red January this year, which I didn't really even think about what red stood for initially when I signed up for it in December. Um, and I could just see it was all about regular exercise. Um, I then realized it was meant to be run every day. And that's what red stood for. <laughs> I don't, I don't do running. I was a gymnast. So I only ever had to exert a minute and a half of energy at one time. And then the routine was done. So, so I was a little bit like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Then I realized that lots of people, although a lot of people do use it to run every day, lots of people were just doing whatever exercise. Um, and I made sure, and actually I enjoyed it so much, I kept it going until the end of March and made sure every single day I did some kind of exercise. Now, I, I'm not super, super fit um, or some kind of powerhouse. Some days it would be like a seven minute workout at home using an app. Sometimes it would just be a 15 minute walk. Other times it would be longer exercise. Um, I do still love doing gymnastics when I get the opportunity and trampolining and climbing and all sorts of things. So some days it would be uh, more strenuous exercise. Sometimes it would just be something really small. And it reminded me how important that is to my whole well-being. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been interested in sport and needed to be physically active. But I've forgotten over the years how important it is. Um, and I, I have a tendency to not realise when I've dropped my exercise level and stopped doing those little walks every day or whatever it might be. And then mm. suddenly I think, oh, I'm just not feeling myself. And, and I've actually just done it recently. Last week I said to my husband, I've got to go out exercising, just walking more again. I've, I've somehow cut it down because I thought I was too busy to do it. And it's another yeah. thing I've got to take time out for because actually it makes me more efficient. Um, in the long run so yeah, yeah exercise is the key to my well-being definitely mm, I still haven't quite got that um sort of physical response reaction to to that in my head for such things I, I really want to go walking every day because I know it's good for me mm. I, I still let everything else get in the way and I don't I, I sort of almost haven't got to the stage where when I've done it it feels so good that I remember that for the next time um <laughs> Yeah, so maybe it's other ways, other triggers. It might be finding the right thing for you. Maybe it's not walking, or yeah. maybe it's who you walk with, or where you walk, or or a different exercise altogether. I think that's the the key thing. And I think mm. it changes over time. Years ago, I'd have said, I don't want to go for a walk. That's so dull. Like, I I want to do something far more exciting. Um, yes. Whereas now, and often I have a lunchtime walk with a friend who also works from home, um, and I do have the lovely bonus of being able to walk along at the end of my road, see the sea. Um, so it's beautiful views, lovely company. And I just find it so refreshing and just really helps my day. Yeah, I think that's that would really help me if I had a, a local companion to go walking with. We went for a walk yesterday for two hours um, here in Scotland, which was through woods uh, along the beach. And it was just lovely. But I was with other people. So it was really, you know, an easy thing to do without having to make a big decision about it. And, you know, to not feel like I should have been doing something else at the time. But um uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'm much better at keeping to having a walk when someone is free to come with me. Yeah, um, yeah. If it's me on my own, like, oh, maybe I won't. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, exactly. I have to resort to going up and down the stairs. Maybe I can hire out my friend as a as a walker yeah. to, to other freelancers <laughs> around the country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to after the summer when I get back because I'm pretty much around um, England in the caravan this well and Scotland obviously until uh, September. I'm going to take up um, 
uh, Nordic walking because a friend of mine has um, become a teacher for it. So um, I've done a bit of help of, with her for some of her promotion of it and stuff and said, oh, I'll have to come and have a go. So um, that's supposed to be really oh, good for brilliant. you. And, and of course, and of course, that would be something where you're, you know, tied in because you've booked to go at a certain time and you don't want to let people down. So that's my plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I had a weekly um, exercise class I was going to, and it was really nice. It was another bonus of being freelance and being able to take time out during the day. And I used to, on a Friday morning, go and do a Pilates class. Um, and then I got too busy for it again. And it's something that sep come September, I am going to find time again for set exercise where I, I've agreed to go and I can't squirm out of it and think oh I don't need to do it and then afterwards regress it yeah yeah lovely so what else about um that energy thing we um one of the things we talk about is is what we do to to sort of um make sure that we we're taking our time for ourselves and relaxing how do you fit that in around all the busy stuff that you're doing I and mean, obviously as you said exercise is one of the things that you're doing for yourself as well as for your health anyway um what mm. else do you do if you have time <laughs> Well, do you know what? I used to really struggle with this. And when I was asked, what do you do to relax? The only thing I could think of was sleep. And I genuinely was either busy, busy, busy or asleep. And I'm someone who can sleep at any time. So I can I could wake up and go back to sleep an hour later. I can sleep in the afternoon. I, I can sleep any time. But I realised it, it wasn't really very healthy because I was either completely switched off or completely active so it's something over the last few years I've tried to kind of work on a bit more and really try to find things that I can actually be awake but relaxed with and um, so I tend now to I use another app actually I'm going to sneakily get a, a fourth app in <laughs> on my phone and um, I always have a book on the go and because it's on my phone I've always got it with me so if I get to a meeting early I will sit in my car and read for a bit um, I also have recently returned to the stage, having a few years ago got into um, amateur dramatics and then life got a bit too busy. But earlier this year, um, I returned to a local amateur dramatics company and did a play and I'm doing another one in October. And I find that incredibly relaxing and revitalising. Um, and it's a time where I can't think about work when I'm acting. So it's just a really good switch over for my brain um, yeah. as I said before I play a lot of word games and um, I do like to be active and I've got a family who are very active as well so we love doing sport together family trips to trampoline parks places like that um, and then probably the other thing I do I see I find loads of things to do now to relax a few years ago I didn't do anything now I've got such a long list <laughs> but the other thing is podcasts I love podcasts um, which is why I was really excited to find yours and start listening listening to those. Um, I'm also a big fan of um, How to Fail by Elizabeth Day. Um, and there's a funny little backstory to that in that my maiden name before I was married was Elizabeth Day. And yeah. my mum uh, recently saw a book advertised about How to Fail by Elizabeth Day and sent me a picture of it. And it somehow reduced me to tears because I had this panic of these all these fears I used to have very strongly when I was younger about failing and not wanting to fail. So seeing my name on this book that just mentioned the word fail mm. really, really shook me up. And actually, it was an amazing thing because it made me think, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Um, unresolved issues here and really think about it and think, well, actually, you need to embrace this and look at this. So I've been listening to her podcast with various inspiring people and um, talking about how they failed and moved on from it and how often it's been a positive. And it, it's actually, it's been like therapy to me. <laughs> and I'm suddenly like, yeah. no, I'm okay with the whole failure word again. It's okay. I can deal with it. So it was quite funny the way that came to my attention. Um, but yes, that's that's in my top three lists of podcasts to listen to. Oh, that's another good recommend. I have to go listen to that. I'm a bit of a podcast junkie, although to be fair, I do uh, find that uh, finding the time to listen to them at times is hard because I have so many of them on my on my phone. But uh, that's a great one to recommend. Thank you. 
Yes, yeah, I, I got a bit like that, but I was subscribed to too many and had to have a little bit of a clear out. Um, but I love listening to them when I'm driving to places. I'm not much of a radio listener. I'm not don't listen to music very much. So I tend to listen to them when I'm driving. Yeah, yeah, me too, which uh, is good at the moment in the summer because I have lots of driving to do. Not so good the rest of the time when I when my commute is down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it's not not much time to get past the intro, is there? No, exactly. So what about uh, other stuff to, to learn and improve? Obviously, you've just talked about podcasts as being something that uh, that you're enjoying, but also uh, helping you to, to improve what you do. Is there any other? Oh, and you said books, but was, was that uh, novels or how to books as well? no I yeah because I tend to use reading as a switch off um I it tends to just be completely fictitious stuff that's just very easy to read um no I'm not I've always been someone who wants to be able to read lots of kind of books by people who have done all sorts of amazing things and get ideas from them but I just I just never can I kind of read a few pages and think that's interesting and then never pick it up again so it is more um I use the reading more as relaxation the way I sort of learn um and and grow myself is through well I'd like to call it my inquisitive nature I'm sure other people would say that I'm very nosy and <laughs> I'm being involved in everything I read lots of little snippets of um sort of news articles and social media um, and I will investigate things and explore if someone says something that I think oh I don't know about that I've never heard of it before I am straight onto Google finding out about it looking into it trying it out so I am very inquisitive um, I also like to kind of listen to lots of different people's ideas and suggestions and then take on little bits from each and to use in my own style and um, I'm, I'm not a fan of following one specific guru or approach or book to say that this is the way you have to do everything um, because I so strongly believe that everyone's different and I just can't ever see there can be a one-size-fits-all approach but I do love getting little bits of tips from different people and then pulling it together and using mm. it in my own style. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a, that's a learning opportunity and also a creating your own content opportunity so it's a double, yeah. double whammy. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So, so what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? What would you <laughs> do then? <laughs> I, I was wondering about how how honest to be about uh, this this particular question. <laughs> Very honest, of course. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am always probably too honest, but I'm always very honest. And so in in my normal honest nature, my natural reaction if I'm having a bad day is probably to cry and revert back to thinking of failure and oh, why am I so useless? I am improving, um, thankfully, at 42 years of age, it's about time I can, you know, deal with things a little bit, little bit not quite how I'd planned. Um, and, and again, I revert now to exercise a lot. So if things are not going on track um, and it's funny because I'm someone can, who can adapt a lot I do a lot of oh quick gotta change doing this gotta change doing that that's fine that doesn't phase me but if I feel like something's gone wrong the alarm bells go off in my head um, so whereas in the past especially with working from home I probably would have taken to my bed cried and slept and then thought oh quick I've got to get all my work done Whereas now I am better at thinking, OK, I just need to go for a quick walk, clear my head, come back and get back on track. And generally that works. Um, if that doesn't work, then usually my sister gets a call <laughs> and she puts me back on track. <laughs> the yes, bonus yeah. of having a big sister who's very caring. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure anyone's said that, actually thinking back you know, normally it's a, you know tomorrow's another day or as you say exercise or whatever I'm not sure anyone has said phone a friend <laughs> but yeah. it's definitely something that's helpful at times depending on who that person is I guess yeah excellent yeah so so what about those days where you live more so that's where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do what what do they look like 
I think for me, those days are when I've had a really well-balanced day. Um, and for me, the kind of key priorities would be to have had time with family and friends, some exercise, and to have achieved some re rewarding work that I feel like, yes, I've, I've done something today in my work. I've achieved something. Um, and I think the combination of those three things together makes me feel very happy at the end of the day and feel like, yeah, this is what it's all about. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And and sort of broad enough to to sort of plan those to happen most days or that to happen most days really as well. You know, it's when we talk about living more, you know, it's it's sort of what what can we do to 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 enable us to have more of those days where we feel like we are living more and you know less of the days where we're doing stuff we don't really want to do um so yeah so 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 do you think about those things I mean I, obviously I asked the question and you know it's something to prepare and come along and share but do you think about that and do you try and shape those days with with those three things in mind yeah I I do actually um I, yeah, I know how important all three of those things are. And it is something that I will consciously think, hang on, I haven't got time for this bit in my day to day. Or um, I, I need to actually make sure that I put down that work at a certain time and go and do something with the family. Um, so, yeah, I am quite conscious that those three things are really important to me. Um, it's one of the reasons why I choose to work in the way I work mm. so I remind myself um, yeah. of the importance of yes, those yeah. yeah lovely thank you it's been really good interviewing you Liz and, and so pleased to be interviewing somebody who's a, an avid listener of the podcast as well do you think you'll listen to your own version your own show oh oh I don't know actually that's a good question that's different isn't it listening to yourself and um, actually yes maybe it'll be another part of my kind of self-therapy to listen to myself oh. yes yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was doing some work on my new membership site today and I was doing a section about self-awareness and one of the actions was about uh, either watching yourself on a video or sort of interviewing people and asking them to give feedback on you and I guess this counts as well listening to yourself on a on an audio um, as you say sort of creates that that self-awareness so uh, it, it can all be positive um, support and help for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah actually, I'm about to record a few videos um, for a client so this would be a good step in between really if I can hear myself then I'll be able to watch myself at a later date so yeah I, I will embrace that I will take it on as a challenge. <laughs> excellent excellent so great to have provided a service to you as well as got you to come on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant so tell people how they can connect with you and find out more about what you do Liz. Yeah and um, the best ways to connect with me are through um LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I do use Twitter mostly for education and dyslexia related uh, work rather than my comm side of things. Um, and can also connect with me through Instagram. If you are somebody who likes motivational quotes, if you don't and you find them really cheesy, don't go near my Instagram because that's what it's for. <laughs> And I know some people hate motivational quotes. Um, and I used to share them quite a lot on um, Facebook, um, like my personal contacts there, and then realised that some people just found it so irritating. So I've gone over to my, that's what my Instagram page is now dedicated to, is motivational quotes. So if people follow me, they know what they're signing up for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny, that reminds me when I... When I put them on Facebook, there's a friend of mine who always feels the need to sort of unpick what I've said, you know, as in, is that true, really true? Or yes, but sometimes this is this. And oh, this is a really long debate. So I've put less on there <laughs> as a result because I, I, I can't always justify them. <laughs> no, no, that's really hard, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's it. Well, I had a friend who, because um, I didn't used to use Instagram as much, um, and as I say, I've gone more towards, gradually gone more towards using it for 
motivational quotes and now pretty much wholly use it. And a few weeks back, a friend messaged me and said, I, I've been noticing, you know, your Instagram. Is everything OK? And I think she felt because I was on these motivational quotes, there was some big moment going on in my life. And I was like, oh, sorry, no, I'm not one to use kind of discrete messaging through social yes. media. I said, I think. Um, no, they're literally just there as motivational quotes, no hidden meaning. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Lovely. Well, thanks, Liz. It's been great talking to you today. Thanks, Joe. All this information is available in the show notes. You can get to those if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 121. And you'll know from previous podcasts, if you've listened, that I've been away in my caravan for most of the summer. Uh, I have the uh, opportunity to do that because most of my work is done online from home. So my home needn't be actually in a house it can be in my caravan uh, the solar panel has really helped this year I've had electric pretty much the whole time I've been away internet not quite so reliable has been a bit patchy at times but I've managed to record my podcast and hold some online meetings and basically do the work that I usually do from home from the caravan so it's been great I just thought I'd um, reflect a bit on what I have learnt this summer and I've taken the caravan away on my own before and I've towed before but I was always particularly aware that there was going to be somebody um, at the other end to help me to unhitch and get set up and Simon my husband's always helped me to get the caravan from the storage at our end as well but this year I had to do that stuff myself after the initial set off and I was a bit apprehensive as to how that was all going to work out Um, but it has been great and I have learnt a lot and I've got much more confidence in what I've been doing and I was thinking about the membership site that I've been talking to you about for the last few weeks and uh, the four areas of CALM so community accountability learning and materials and I was wondering if that sort of connected to the experience I've had this summer and it sort of does in in a way so the the community bit of it is that uh, I um, had lots of support when I was traveling. So when I first arrived in Scotland, some friends helped me pitch. And then when I went to the Lake District, Grandad Jerry, who is called Grandad by everybody, he's not my granddad, um, he uh, helped me and sort of took me under his wing for the week, if you like. And then I was sort of pretty much on my own when I got to the New Forest, or rather Southampton and then the New Forest. Um, but you know, those sort of um, people supporting you along the way. And uh, I actually had somebody in Kirby Stephen when I stopped for a couple of nights on a commercial site who I got chatting with. Turns out he comes and his wife come from Rye, which is quite near to where I live at home. And we got chatting and they ended up joining the camping and caravanning club on my say-so. So that was uh, good. Uh, but also uh, I was able to, as I was leaving that site, get him to come and help me take the break off on the caravan because it was too tight and I couldn't get it off myself. <laughs> so it was uh, interesting that I'd still got support from random people that I'd only just met. From an accountability point of view, I guess I'd planned to be at those sites and I had to make it happen. I had to be confident in front of Ellie as well. I had to show that sort of accountability to her when we were on our own in Southampton and then setting off to go to the New Forest and pitching on our own as well. So some of that thing about having support from people, but also that um, slight pressure, if you like, to deliver on what you say you're going to do. Oh, and also the first week I was in Scotland with our French student who uh, had obviously randomly come along, not having been camping before, assuming I knew what I was doing. So I had to give him the impression that I did know what I was doing. And then learning, obviously, I have learnt a lot as I've been towing however many hundreds of miles this summer and also just the whole thing about setting up and setting down. And I've actually got much better at it than we've ever got together as a as a couple when I've been camping with Simon because of my systemization and I've actually sort of thought through a process which has really simplified things in the caravan so there's limited things to do limited junk to (laughs) cart around with us and uh, a a sort of defined process to uh, pitch and to pack up and actually I can pack up the caravan and get going now Uh, if I'm going somewhere else so I don't have to sort of completely enter the caravan in less than an hour and I can pitch and get ready to use the caravan in in less than 30 minutes when I get to the other end and that is not how it used to be so again some sort of learnings around simplifying and then using systems to 
make sure that you're consistently doing the things that you need to do and things like you know switching the fridge to charge on the car rather than um, being uh, getting warm whilst I'm driving along because I forget to do that or uh, making sure that I've um, uh, switched the gas off obviously in the first place anyway and <laughs> done all those things that need to happen you know taking the handbrake off and made sure I've connected everything up properly on the hitch because obviously that would be a bit dangerous <laughs> if I hadn't done all that properly so it's about as I say making it simple but then also having a, a system that you can repeat and I almost have like a checklist in my head which I check off as I go around the caravan making sure I've done all the bits I need to do um, as I go along and make sure I don't miss anything out and the last one about materials I'm not sure that I can really make that fit <laughs> I might be a bit stretching it um, but you know as I say I have got now a proven process and a sort of checklist even if it is in my head um, so if any of you have caravans you want to find out how to <laughs> set up and uh, and uh, D, D, what's the word? D pitch, D setup, no, setup and um, pack up to move on in the least um, amount of time and stress, then uh, drop me a line. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as I say, had a great summer now back to working from home, working from the office at home and uh, ready to launch the membership site that I've been talking to you about. I've had some interest in the offer to have uh, beta members or to do some beta testing as a member. Maybe you don't want to be called beta members. <laughs> um, but basically, I'm looking for 10 people who are looking to join and try out the site for me, give me feedback and basically help me to finish shaping it before I open it to everybody else. And obviously the idea is that you join as a beta member at a much lower investment than usual members will um, be paying and that will be what you pay for the remainder of your membership. So if you come in as a beta member now and then you stay for the next year or two, you'll still pay what you're going to pay um, up front um, each month, regardless of what everyone else is paying. So if it's something that sort of piqued your interest, um, then give me a shout, joe at joedodds.com. Let's have a chat. I'll tell you a bit more about it and show you what it is and explain what we're going to be doing with it and see if you're interested in uh, joining. Firstly, about yourself, about your own development and support as a home-based coach or consultant, but also, as I say, so that you can help me to further shape it as we move forwards. But obviously, the focus is on you and the value that you're getting out of it. So um, it's not a... <laughs> It's not a sort of a half rate membership uh, in terms of the value that you get. You get as much value as everyone else, probably more so because you get uh, access to me right from the beginning. And obviously we can work more closely when there's fewer members in the site. Uh, so we'll get to know each other well and I can help you in the areas that you're looking for help within your business at the same time as getting feedback from you about the new membership site. So as I say, if you're interested in finding out more there's no obligation just send me an email joeatjoedodds.com and we can have a chat and then we can just see if it's going to be something that's of use to you um, and we can take it from there and again the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 121 and we look forward to speaking to you next week use your power to live more